It is Friday, December 8th, 2023. This is another edition of Football Today. You know that dude from Talking Giants, Bobby Skinner. I am Chris Rose, producer Mikey along for the ride as well. Man, interesting, interesting start to week 14, wasn't it? We'll get to it, but that was a weird one. It was a a weird but fun one. Like that's what I was rooting for. Like yes. just just make this just make this weird. Nobody wants to walk. I love the intro though. It was like, oh yeah, these teams are the teams that have won six Super Bowls. Um, I was like, this is kind of cool, but then it's like this matchup also really stinks. But we got a, at least a, a little bit of fun out of it. Yeah, and we got a topic out of it, which we will get to momentarily. But let's start with the biggest game of the weekend. It is the Sunday nighter. It is Philly at Dallas. It is the fight for first place in the NFC East. I start you out with a true or false question. This is more of a must-win game for Philadelphia. It depends on which way you're looking at it because I feel like the Eagles after that 49ers game, like even though they did lose like that at home, you they feel I feel like they need to have home field advantage in the playoffs, right? Like they aren't to me they're not as talented as the 49ers. But if you're from the Cowboys point of view, it's like, hey, Jalen Hurts is banged up, probably going to play. And this is the game, right? Like we've been at this is the, the type of game we've been asking you guys to win for us to take you more serious than just the third. I say just like it's a small feat, the third team in the NFC. Um, so I actually think it is for Dallas because if the Eagles win this game, yeah, they probably have the one seed, but I'm not changing how much I look at them. If the Cowboys win this, I'm gonna give them a little more respect than I've been giving them all year. So even if Philly loses, they still have the inside track to winning the division because if they lose Sunday night and they win out, they're going to end up being the division champs because of the way the tiebreakers will end up working out. Um, I do think that Philly needs that one seed in a bad way, if nothing else other than to get Jalen Hurts off of his feet for another week. I still don't think that he is – I get it. We're in week 14. Everybody's banged up, and half the team's already using backup quarterbacks as is. But if this team wants to get back to the Super Bowl, they need him as a running threat just as much as a throwing threat. And I think that that week off would certainly help them. Well, and this kind of played out exactly the same way last year. Now, Gardner Minshew actually played versus the Cowboys instead of mm -hmm. Jalen Hurts, but he got banged up. He came back, did not look himself. I remember that that last game of the year playing against the Giants backups. And Hurts probably played one of his, his worst game of the season. Um, and then they get the rest into the playoffs. Everyone's talking about it. And then they go and smack my Giants. And then, you know, although Brock Purdy and Josh Johnson got injured in that game, they were still playing a lot better in that game than they did last mm -hmm. weekend versus the 49ers. And then obviously balled in, in the uh, in the Super Bowl versus the Chiefs. So, yeah, like you said, the, the week of rest. And even though they did lose at home to the 49ers, that home field advantage will matter for Philly. Now, here's the deal, though. The reason my answer is actually that it is false and that Dallas needs it more is because, first of all, no quarterback in the league is playing be better than Dak. He's playing the best of his career right now. He's got 20 touchdowns in his last six games, which is unbelievable. Since the loss to Philly back in week nine, Dallas has won four in a row. They're putting up 42 points per game. They are undefeated at home this year. They still have games at Buffalo and at Miami and home against Detroit this year. So this, you know, they still have four really huge games going into this weekend. And at some point, they're going to be sick of the narrative. Well, they already are. But they're sick of answering the question, when are you going to beat a really, really good team? Like last Thursday against Seattle, it was a fun game, certainly. But nobody's looking at Seattle as a Super Bowl contender. 
or even in a team that could really win a playoff game at this point. So it is a monumental step up from Seattle to Philly, and even, in my opinion, Buffalo and Miami and Detroit after that. Well, and we already had, you know, we, me and Dalton did the football today after the that first Eagles-Cowboys game, mm-hmm. and we kind of talked to him, we're like, hey, I'm feeling good about the Cowboys in this yes. game, right? They, they, they went to toe-to-toe with the uh, Eagles. You know, Dak played really well against that defense. But if you do the same exact thing a second time in a row where Dak plays well, but they don't quite pull it out, well, then it's it doesn't you don't feel good as good anymore. You're just the same old Dallas Cowboys who can't beat the best teams in the NFL. Um, so that's why that's why I am on the it's more important for Dallas, even though like football standings wise, it probably would say Philly. Uh, one other note, both of these teams can clinch playoff spots with a win and some massive help over the weekend. So we'll keep our eye on that. Uh, Bills are back after a bye, and they continue a really tough schedule run with a stop in Kansas City uh, with games still to come against Dallas and Miami. Is this like a playoff game for Buffalo, which sits at six and six? Um, yeah. Sorry, I was trying to make a joke. Can you can we can we talk about Sean McDermott? I like like what's going no, on. No, there is no there is no joke to be had with that. That is this is. What a nightmare. I was going to say, like, this is as tough of a schedule as Al-Qaeda or something like that. Like, you got to persevere. Like, yeah, insane. It's – I actually don't think it's something no. that should – it was four years ago, so I don't think, like, the – or should be, like, calling for his firing for this, but I do think McDermott should be out of there anyways. But it's just a great look at how NFL coaches are, like, low-key the most insane people on the earth are football coaches. Like, one, to be – Wired to to work like that, right? At the hope of you know getting to a head coaching job eventually, like it's insane. It's just they are insane people. Like there's there's only like sixty of them on the entire earth. Listen, I'm going to answer the question and get past the rest of the nonsense that people were dealing with over the previous twenty four hours. It is not a playoff game because even if they fall to six and seven, listen, they already got some help with the Steelers losing at home on Thursday night to the Patriots. And we'll talk about that. You could see Cleveland losing at home to Jacksonville. You could see Indianapolis losing uh, on the road at Cincinnati. Houston, I think they're fine against the Jets. But still, there's going to be a bunch of teams at seven and six and a bunch of teams at six and seven after this weekend. The the problem is is that you are running out of time and you still have some big big time games left. The Bills are so weird because their point differential is so much in the positive. They should be at like eight and four. It wouldn't shock you if they were nine and three instead of being a five hundred team. But man, oh man, people are they have started talking about well has the window closed on the Bills. They got a freaking twenty-seven-year-old franchise quarterback, and we're asking the question: Has the fran- you know has the window closed on the Buffalo Bills? But man, they're just—I didn't think heading into the second week of December that this is what the narrative would be surrounding this game. Yeah, this is like a, a must-win game for them. Like you said, like they should be a minimum nine-win team, and usually around eleven. Um, and to me. They've had success versus the Chiefs in the regular season. Mm-hmm. They've lost to them in the playoffs a couple of times, but they've had success against them in the regular season. So this is like a, hey, this is a winnable game. The Chiefs, we know, are not world beaters this year. They're very beatable. 
Um, yeah, I think it is because what what were the next couple games on the schedule? I think it's the they are they lost to the Eagles in a game where they very easily could have and should have won that. Yes, um, so they they have they host net Dallas next week. They are still at the Chargers and home against New England, and they finish the season at Miami in Week 18. Yeah, so that Miami game gets you. So I, I feel like if they win this game, you can feel good about them making the playoffs. But if you lose, like I don't think they make it, right? So it I mean, is right a now they have game. the the Bengals ahead of them, the Broncos, the Steelers, the Browns, the Texans, the Colts. Like everybody is ahead of him in the wild card race, right? It's like if you look at this entire wild card race, it is every it was the Bills, and then everyone else who's in it is above them. And I don't, I don't, I'm not confident in them to not screw up a game that they're favored in, like the Chargers. And they already lost to the Patriots once this year. Uh, the big deal is, and maybe this is why I should go back a little bit on my answer, is that if they lose this game, they fall to three and six in the conference. That's basically a, even if they get to 10 wins, you're really screwed because then you're talking about multi teams making the playoffs. The, the benefit for them is that there isn't another AFC East team that they would have to go to a tiebreaker when it becomes three or more teams in a wild card. I've already looked this up. So stay with me a second. When it becomes three or more teams in a wild card tiebreaker scenario, and there isn't head to head that comes into play at all, it goes actually to a divisional tiebreaker. So let's say Cleveland and Pittsburgh and Indy and Houston are involved. Then those teams have to, somehow break a tiebreaker and only one of those two teams could be involved. So because Buffalo doesn't have the jets and doesn't have new England involved in a wild card tiebreaking scenario, that actually benefits them. Just, I know it sounds screwy. Just follow me a little bit. Cause I talked to one of our researchers about it yesterday and I asked him point blank. I was like, what, what happens here? Is it a must win game for Buffalo? And he explained to me why it isn't. But I look at the conference record, and I still think it is. Yeah, I mean, again, the Chiefs are a very beatable team for Buffalo. Um, I mean, if you look at, like, advanced numbers and stuff, you'd probably say Buffalo is better than Kansas City this year. Mm. It's just Buffalo's found ways to lose games, and Kansas City's found ways to win them for the most part. Um, so, yeah, I do, because, I think again, I'm not trusting them against the teams they're going to be favored in, in the Chargers and the Patriots. Like, the, again, they've shown that they lose to those types of uh, teams this year. They haven't shown that they will – clearly beat them all right so listening and listening to myself talk and talk about tiebreakers and a three and six conference record if the bills lose at kansas city i have convinced myself that yes this weekend is a playoff game there i feel better about it so now when i'm watching nance and romo talk about the game now i'm like oh this is a bill's playoff game okay that's that's good and this is uh, another uh uh no red zone uh time slot for me this week too i'm, I'm only watching bill's chiefs okay makes sense uh, Thursday night, boy, the Steelers are kicking themselves. They became the first team in NFL history to have a winning record and lose consecutive games to teams that were at least eight games under 500. Last week, it was home against the Cardinals. This week, it was to Bailey Zappi and the New England Patriots. So the bigger question is, this is what was the bigger story? The Steelers suffering a huge loss in the wildcard chase or the Patriots basically taking themselves out of that first pick? I think it's heavily the Steelers. Like the Patriots, one, are still in it for the second pick. Um, it, to me, it's, it is absolutely heavily the Steelers. I mean, we talk, we've talked about this team a good amount this year. 
And it's like, how are they winning games, right? Like they're not, they're not good, but they continue to win games. Well, it's starting to catch up with them that they're just flat out not good, uh, especially without Kenny Pickett. Um, and, and like their defense can't drag them to wins, right? This is they've gotten out. I thought they got they've got outgained in like every single like win that they've had this year. They're just not a good team. And now it's it's it is a big deal because the heat is going to start turning on Mike Tomlin. That like they this little streak is starting to get a little old. And like, are, when will the Steelers ever like win a playoff game again? You know, they didn't make the playoffs uh, last year. Like that's that's to me that's you should expect more out of the Steelers. They drafted Kenny Pickett in the first round. Now I know Kenny Pickett didn't play last night, but they didn't look good uh, with him either on offense, where they fired their offensive coordinator midseason. So to me, it's it's easily the Steelers. Like they're they're kind of a mess, but they're not going to fire Tomlin, which I somewhat agree with. But where where do they go from here? Yeah, the Patriots story to me is a non-story because I don't think that the Panthers are going to win a game anyway the rest of the year. So even if the Patriots ended up winning just two, I still think the Bears get that Panthers first pick anyway. Um, the Steelers are a mess. And I don't think you could have uttered that over the last 50 years at any time. There's been seasons where they haven't been great. They haven't looked wonderful, but they feel like a mess, right? Last night they were chanting Mason Rudolph's name during the game that's how bad it was and this is much more than than Mike Tomlin's got to go and all that stuff which I don't necessarily believe in but he is partially responsible for them not finding Big Ben's replacement right they as much as everybody shit on the Jordan Love pick with the Packers and said why are you doing this to Aaron Rodgers at least it now feels like they've got something in place I think Kenny Pickett was a first-rounder only because he was made a first-rounder by a single team, just like Tim Tebow was. I'm not so sure Kenny Pickett's a first-round talent. And that wasn't, like, that was the time where Big Ben retired, so they had to go get a quarterback. That wasn't a quarterback plan. It wasn't, hey, when Big Ben does finally call it quits, remember, like, every year over the last five years of his career, he always threatened to retire anyway. They didn't have a plan in place. They never did. Landry Jones wasn't a plan in place. Mason Rudolph isn't a plan in place. So this is where Josh. they are now. It's just stuck with Josh Dobbs after all these years. Um, yeah, and Pickett, the hometown Pittsburgh guy, too. It's like you wonder if that came into play with it at all. Um, yeah, they're in, they're a mess. They need to go out and find an offensive coordinator who will be an advantage to them, too. You know, obviously they can't do that in season. Like, there needs to be some changes on the way they do things. And you were watching the broadcast, and Michael Smith was saying, like, hey, there, there is, there's issues behind the scenes of like, like culture wise, with this. Now, again, I think Mike Tomlin shouldn't like. I know it's Mike Tomlin. The Mike Tomlin should be fired. Stuff is bubbling up for the first time in like five years, but like there has to be some self awareness and some changes of the way they attack things, and you can't just be business as usual. But how are they going to change that? This is the organization in all of sports that doesn't. They've had three coaches in the last 55 years. You know, how many decision makers have they had? Very few. This isn't what they do, right? The Rooney family doesn't, they don't change things. And I think that that's been part of their calling card in a positive light. Is well, I think you can change, change what you, Mike Tomlin can make like adjustments to how he runs things. I mean, basically, to me, it really comes down to going out and finding an offensive coordinator out of building who is going to be an advantage, right? To try and find someone that's up and coming. Not just you know filling you know bumping guys up within the organization and quarterback, but that's 
there's no good answer for what they can do at quarterback because they're not really in a spot to go get one unless it's one of those years where it's like, hey, the fourth guy off the board actually could be something really good. But I don't I don't think they're going to do that either. If you look at the Kenny Pickett year, which was just 2022, go through the entire quarterback draft. It's Brock Purdy and a lot of distance between the next best guy. Oh yeah, it was it was Purdy, Malik Willis, who obviously like we found out afterwards, like the guy just can't spit out a play um, half the time. Um, Desmond Ritter, pick yeah, Ritter, who as well no, I don't like Matt Corral, who was very immature, and then Sam, Sam Howell. So I guess Sam Howell's been like number two after Brock Purdy in that class. Yeah, yeah, it's just not pretty right now. Doesn't hurt. Actually, right actually, I would take Pickett over Sam Howell, but. Anyways. But it's not. It's there's a substantial gap. We can. Yeah, yeah. Pickett's not that. their long term answer, even though I think he can be like an average QB in the NFL. The weather might be cooling down, but the action on the field stays hot. And today we've teamed up with you know it, DraftKings, an official partner of the NFL, to get you closer to the action. Right now, new customers who bet just five dollars will get a hundred fifty dollars in bonus bets instantly. Like instant grits, but actually good. So download the DraftKings app now and use promo code football today. These magic grits for fan of multiple teams and want to bet on them all? Combine multiple bets together for a shot and even bigger payout. If sports betting is not yet available in your state, not to worry. You can still join in on all the fun with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports. Have you ever seen My Cousin Vinny, Mikey? I have not seen My Cousin Vinny. Homework. Watch it. Um, it's always on TNT and stuff. It's a it's a great uh, movie from like the early nineties. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. New customers use promo code Football today. Bet just five dollars in any wager and get one hundred fifty dollars in bonus bets instantly. That's promo code Football today. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. You Utes will enjoy it. You'll be glad you did. All right, so we had a pair of backup quarterbacks starting last night, and there are a bunch of them starting on playoff contenders this weekend. Which one are you most interested in zeroing in on? It's got to be your boy Joe Flacco, right? Not because like I'm expecting him to be amazing, but what's been the talking point with the Browns all year? It's like if you can get this offense to where it's just putting up a handful of points and not giving points to the other uh, other team, then they're a defense that can do some damage. Now the defense hasn't been as stellar the last you know whatever weeks, but they're still really talented and can turn it on. So to me, it's Joe Flacco. Can he, can he be good enough to, like, get that defense in a spot where they can they can win games for them and and win playoff games for them too? Yeah, I thought for a guy who's thirty eight years old and was throwing to his four kids in the backyard, you know, somewhere near Philly, I thought he played exceptionally well uh, last week in the loss against the Rams. For me, it's not him. And oh, by the way, the Jags might have a backup quarterback going in C.J. Beathard. Trevor Lawrence has been practicing, and Doug Peterson said it's going to be straight up to a game time decision on Sunday. So we'll see. And by the way, Beathard has been bothered a little bit by the injury bug as well. For me, it's Josh Dobbs, right? It, his story has been amazing. Traded two and a half weeks before the season from Cleveland to Arizona. Week one starter for the Cardinals was the guy until midway through the season. Then he was going to get benched. He knew he was going to be replaced by Kyler Murray. They end up trading him on trade deadline day on Halloween. He ends up playing substantially five days later for the Vikings and a win in Atlanta. He wins his first home start the week after that. And then the last two weeks have been dreadful, including a four interception game on a Monday night home loss against the Chicago Bears. He was granted a reprieve 
and they say, you are the starter against the Las Vegas Raiders. And, oh, by the way, you're going to get your best receiver, Justin Jefferson, back. And by the way, how the hell did the Vikings go 5-2 and two without him and mostly without Kirk Cousins? I have no idea how that happened, but somehow it did. Um, so I'm going to be watching Josh Dobbs. Kevin O'Connell came out and said, during the bye week, I went back and watched tape with Josh Dobbs. And I think I did him a disservice in kind of calling plays that maybe he's not best suited to run. So I'll be curious to see what he dials up this weekend against the Raiders, who can certainly give up some points, and with the number one receiver back in Justin Jefferson. Yeah, that will be fun to see the Justin Jeff just what Josh Dobbs can do with Justin Jefferson, who is just amazing, right? Like amazing. he just he just goes and kills it on the sideline. You play off, he's gonna run stuff underneath. You play you know, tight, he's gonna be like he can just he can beat you no matter what you're doing, essentially. Uh, so having that and get like he is he's the ultimate like, hey, you can kind of just lock on him and throw it to him off of his break and, and trust that it's going to be their uh, type of receiver. Um, so, yeah, but but to me, it's like Joe Flacco versus the Jags like this is a the Raiders suck. So that's why I'm like rooting Joe Flacco versus the Jags defense and an offense that probably won't put up a ton of points without Trevor Lawrence is what. I'm a little more dialed in on them. Got it. Got it. And I think the Browns can actually make some noise in the playoffs if Flacco was just average. From your lips, my friend. From your lips, please. By the way, did you know that Dobbs leads the NFL in turnovers? I did not know that. Yeah, he's he's also a fumbling machine. He's he's uh lost seven fumbles, but has fumbled the ball 14 times this year. 14. Jeez, that's like Daniel Jones rookie year level. Right. Yeah, that's that's pretty ridiculous. All right, um, last thing. Your Giants are back in action Monday night against the Green Bay Packers, correct? Correct. Uh, Tara Taylor was healthy enough, I believe, to start, but he will not be starting. Isn't that correct? That is correct, even though I disagree with it. Because the hometown kid, Tommy DeVito, who we know lives at home, and he is Jersey's finest. Well... Not only is he spinning the rock for your team, he's also become a social media sensation. Raviolis. I have my number one for sure. I could throw that in the middle to the bottom tier. I will do that at four. Bolognese. Bolognese is clash. Three. I'd say three. Linguini with clams. Oh, that's a two. I'm right there with you. Lasagna. He can't be eating that during the season. I don't know if I put that at five. See where the list is at. All right, we'll do that at five. Penny Vodka. My number one always. It's number one. It's a go-to. Entrees. Veal Marsala. Oh, that's the one with the mushrooms, no? That's the bottom So that's five. List. Chicken Franchise. That's still four. That's right there. Why? Nobody grows up eating that stuff. No, like, only if you Maybe. have to go to like, some kind of dinner or like a banquet or something. They yeah. just have them all You got a collared shirt and a tie on. Yeah, you exactly. order a Franchise. Right there. Shrimp Scampi. <laughs> that's a tree. Three. Eggplant Parm. All right, now we're talking. talking. I think that's a, that's a two. That's a two spot. That's a two. Cutlets. Cutlets, huh? Of course, number one. It's <laughs> number one. So he's ranking Italian foods with the dude. Does that make you like him even more? That's like a big um social media like uh reels guy. I forget mm. his name. I wish. Um, here's where I'm in between a rock and a hard place. I do ha- I, like the Tommy DeVito stuff is fun. I was in the stadium doing the hand. Yeah, yeah. It's very fun. But I also like strongly think that Tyrod Taylor should be the starter <laughs> over him, right? So it's like I'm trying to be the voice of reason while also having fun with the DeVito stuff. 
and, I, and I'm in a tough spot here with this one. I wonder how that plays in the locker room. The guy uh, has started, what, three games in the NFL, and all yeah. of a sudden he's become a big social media presence. Like, I always wonder about that. I think the kid seems innocent enough, and it doesn't feel like, you know, Baker having his own commercials like two minutes into the league. But some it's, some people it rubs the wrong way. Not me. I, I dig it. I, it's mostly coming towards him, right? Like I don't think he's truly seeking out. He's done some like signings and stuff at places, but like I I like I like that he's doing that. Where I worry is that I'm not going to do all the analytics and numbers and film like we do on the Talking Giants mailbag. Tommy or Tyrod Taylor is better than him in every single area of playing quarterback, every single area of playing the position. And Tyrod Taylor is not just some any old backup. He has a lot of respect of other players in that locker room. And I worry that it can, if it can harm the locker room, like them being bothered, like why aren't we putting the guy who's best out there? And again, he's not just a random backup. He has a lot of respect in that locker room. Yeah, but he can't rank the top five Italian meals. So that chemistry was off the roof through those two. Um, so it's, it's been funny. cool to see the Tommy DeVito story from, I did a, I did an undrafted free agent film breakdown on him. Thinking like, eh, might as well. It's a quarterback and fun to where this guy's now starting games for my team. And he's two and one. It's a starter, too. So, okay. I wish you luck on Monday night, but I'll have plenty of time to, you know, chop it up with you on Monday's edition of Football Today. We'll All have right, so, uh Enjoy your viewing weekend on Sunday. Um, it'll be a nuts weekend. There's a lot of big games, a lot of teams at six and six and seven and five and, Oh, this is going to be fun. Then you got a Sunday nighter between two teams that hate each other. That's good stuff this weekend. I cannot wait. Uh, For our super-duper mindful producer, Mikey, and Bobby Skinner in the Talking Giants world, who wants Tyrod over Tommy, I am Chris Rose. We will see you Monday on Football Today.